Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey y'all, Jamie Ivey here. I'm so glad you're listening to The Happy Hour today. We have a great show. Singer-songwriter Ann Wilson joins me today. And Ann is just this cute little 20-year-old girl who's out there changing the world through her music. I am such a fan of her. Today in the show, Ann tells a story of how she actually got started making music. And it is crazy and, and not expected and not traditional. And it all starts with a tragedy in her home. And she shares with that in here. But Anne just released, um, just recently on the 22nd, her newest um, album, her first album, a full-length album called My Jesus. And on today's show, we talk about how she got started, what that song means to her, My Jesus. We talk about tour life. We talk about NASA. We talk about a lot of fun things. And I think you're going to be encouraged. We talk about grief a lot. And all of us have experienced grief in different ways and different seasons and different um, amounts. And and has some really encouragement for all of us, uh, no matter if you're in a season of grief right now, if you have come out of a season of grief, or if grief is right around the corner, she has some great words for us. You guys, we've had a lot of musicians on recently, and they've been so gracious to let us play some of their music. And Anne has agreed to the same thing. And at the end of the show, stay tuned because we're going to play My Jesus. And you can listen to that song wherever you listen to your music. You guys, I want to remind us that in about two weeks, Mother's Day is happening. And Mother's Day is a fun holiday to celebrate the women in your life who have loved you well. It may not be a biological mom. It may not be a biological daughter. But maybe you have women who you say, you know what? I see you and you're a great mother figure. Uh, Celebrate your mom, celebrate your aunt, celebrate your daughter, celebrate the teachers that you love. Mother's Day is special for a lot of people. And we have a really great Mother's Day gift guide over on our webpage. If you go to jamieivy.com slash gift guide, you're going to find all of the gifts that we have recommended for you there. We have products over there like Atonement Design, where social impact and style collide. Atonement Design is a socially conscious lifestyle brand empowering artisans across the globe and encouraging women to walk boldly in their unique style. Parker Clay, where every purchase creates hours of empowerment for women in Ethiopia. Stable jobs and living wages help put the power back in the hands of women who will change the world. And if you've seen me recently, I'm probably most definitely wearing a Parker Clay bag. Rooted for Good, where all of their products are made in small batches without any preservatives with all natural ingredients that are actually good for you. And Laura Box is over there. And Laura Box are created as gifts to care for the soul after loss. So if you know someone you love who is struggling with loss this Mother's Day season, they've created a collection of heartfelt and meaningful gifts to acknowledge their loss. And Crossway Publishing with a book called Cultural Counterfeit, which all of the women in your life would love. In the gift guide over at jamieivy.com slash gift guide, you're also going to find some idea inspiration for the mom with style, the mom who loves to read, the mom who needs peace and rest, the mom who loves self-care and more. Everything you need to know is at jamieivy.com slash gift guide. We have great gift ideas there for you. So if you don't have to think too much, just go to one stop shop, get your gift guide and carry on with your life. All right, you guys, here is my friend Ann Wilson. And welcome to the happy hour. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's good to be here. I'm so excited to have you. I want to give you a little bit of backstory. Um, when I found out that you were coming on the show, 
Lindsay, who produces a show, had booked it, and and I was like, I got to go listen to her music. And so I have been jamming. I have a 14-year-old daughter. We belted from the top of our lungs, hey, girl, on the way to school this morning. <laughs> and I just love it so much. And so I'm so happy that you're here. Um, and so welcome. Thank you. That's so sweet. So nice to meet you. It's so great to meet you as well. And you are on tour in a dressing room right now. Yeah. Sorry about the ugly backdrop. <laughs> Um, I am in Montgomery, Alabama today with Zach Williams. Awesome. That is so great. Well, I'm excited to have you here and I would love to just chat about your life and you are 20. Am I right? Yeah. I just turned 20 in February. Well, happy birthday for that. Hey, 20, so 20 year old. Crazy. Um, your life has taken a drastic turn, um, with a career. And I think it's so interesting the way we live our lives every single day and have no idea what is around the corner. Mm. And you could have never imagined where you would be uh, at, as a 20 year old. I mean, just a couple of days ago, you released your for, first full link album called my Jesus. Congrats on that. So much. Uh, everyone needs to go listen to it. It's so great. It's so great. But I'd love to hear from you like a little bit of backstory of how you ended up as a 20 year old on tour with Zach Williams, releasing your first full length album, more tours this summer with Crowder and Matthew West and just a bunch of amazing things that you didn't set out on this like 10 year plan when you were 15 years old. So give us a little backstory of how you got here. Yeah, it's, it's the craziest story. And looking back now, I'm just blown away by it all. Um, I grew up in Kentucky and in, in a, in Lexington. I don't know if you've ever familiar with that, but, um, I grew up in Lexington and I had like a really great childhood. My parents were always, um, really good about just raising me and my siblings in church and giving us kind of that Christian foundation. And, um, I, I remember being like really young and just loving space and loving the stars and loving anything to do with science and math. I just kind of had a natural gifting at those subjects in school and was horrible at writing and horrible at English. And so my, in my head, my path was that I wanted to be an astronaut and work for NASA. And, um, it wasn't like a childhood thing. It was like a actually pursuing, like getting into a good college and, um, meeting, I met with NASA when I was in eighth grade and sat down with them. Wow. Uh, me and my mom, you know, like we had this whole path planned out of that. I wanted to, I really wanted to go to a really good college and then eventually work for NASA and be an astronaut. And, um, from just a young age, I just loved space. And so when I was, so I went to NASA in eighth grade. And then, um, in the summer going into my sophomore year of high school is when everything shifted for me. I was 15 years old. It was June 7th of 2017. And, um, in the middle of the night, me and my family were woken up by policemen at our front door to the news that my older brother had been killed in a car accident at the age of 23. And that was, um, a very traumatic and tragic experience. And if you've lost a loved one, you understand the pain of that moment of like realizing that they are actually gone. And, um, he didn't live with us at the time. So we weren't expecting like him to come home that night. So, I mean, it was just a shock to even have someone at our front door um, in the middle of the night, but losing him was really what shifted everything for me and my perspective on life. And there were a lot of days in that first, you know, those first few months where me and my family just didn't know if we wanted to continue on. And um, it was very, very painful and hard. But I remember about four or five days after my brother passed away, we were planning the funeral and our family was working on 
trying to find someone to sing at the funeral. And my mom and my dad both have like really musically gifted families and um, like beautiful singers. All my cousins sing beautiful voices. And um, but I never had sang in front of anyone before. It just wasn't something that I had any interest in doing. And I just didn't really enjoy that. So we, I was at the piano downstairs and I was just worshiping God and just singing to him. And it was like my medicine and like the way of coping with the pain was just to sit down at the piano and sing, which is weird because I had never done that before. So it was like this new discovery of finding a way to heal from that pain, um, which was through worship. So I was at the piano. My mom comes in the room and she hears me singing. And at this point they had, they had no one to sing at the funeral and they couldn't find anyone. And so she asks me if I would be willing to sing at his funeral. And I remember just praying about it and really seeking God on it. And I felt like I was called to do that. So I sang at my brother's funeral for the very first time in front of anyone. And there were t- over 1200 people there. And, and you were 15 years I was old, 15 years old. I was so like scared and nervous, but I was also just so heartbroken. And I was filled with so much, um, just grief and devastation. So I sang at the funeral and it was, it was such an incredible moment. I just remember once I got on stage, there were no more nerves and I was just able to fully worship God. And I felt in that moment, like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I felt like God spoke that to me and said, this is what I'm calling you to do is, is music for, wow. It was amazing. So I left the funeral that day, obviously thinking about Jacob, but actually having this thing in the back of my mind, like, am I called to music? Like in the middle of, Mm. of just losing my brother, like that was what was on my mind. So I knew that God was doing something in that. And then a few months later, I released a video on YouTube of the song I sang at the funeral and I did a cover video of it. And that was the video that ended up going viral on YouTube. And this was in 2017 in the fall of 2017. And so that's kind of what led me to, um, find a manager in Nashville and start working on, um, like my voice, start starting to take voice lessons and starting to go write songs and do co-writes. And, and so that's kind of how the beginning of all of this started. Um, and then in 2021, I, I spent two and a half years writing over 130 songs. Oh my God. There's a lot of songs. Crazy. Um, and I got to April of 2021, April 16th of 2021. And I released my Jesus. So my music has only been out for like barely over a year. Um, a year ago, no one even knew I existed. I had no music out. You couldn't find me anywhere, like really on the internet other than social media, you know, just a regular social media page. And, um, that song came out. I was not expecting anything out of that song. No success. Like I just, I knew it was a good song. I just had no clue what the Lord was going to do. And then obviously God, just that song just went so many places and impacted so many people. And then here we are a year later and I've just released a full length record. So it's really cool to look back on just five years ago and just to see how far God's brought me in such a short amount of time. And especially just in this past year, like my life is completely different than it was a year ago. Okay. A couple of questions. Number one, what song did you sing at your brother's funeral? What a beautiful name by Hillsong. Oh, is that what you were singing downstairs when your mom heard you? Yeah. So special. That is a special song. It's a great, great song. Okay. Well, I I just am sitting here like you're just in this whirlwind. Like you're just like, what is actually happening with my life? And I want to tell you, and you can still be an astronaut one day. I know. I I think about that all the time. (laughs) 
<laughs> you just never know. Right. Have you um, read Levi Lusco's new book? I haven't, but everyone keeps telling me to read it. I just haven't had time yet. I will. It's so good. It's about space and the moon and oh, it's just yeah. really, really cool. He's into that as well. Um, and so you would probably really, really love it. Yeah. Um, okay. I want to talk about your song, My Jesus. Um, I know you co-wrote this song. Well, first of all, I had another question. 131 songs? 130. Yeah. Over, well, over 130 songs. Is that where the 15 came from? You like pictured the best 15? Yeah. So the 14 on the record, um, well, it's, it's technically 13 because we have two versions of my Jesus, but Got it. on the record, um, were picked out of about over 130 songs, which was very difficult to pick those songs. Like took months and months and months of going back and forth of, do we want this song on the record? Like it was a long process. All right. Let's talk about my Jesus. Um, you co-wrote that song, um, I believe with Matthew West mm-hmm. and one more person. Yeah, Pardo. Jeff Pardo. So you co-wrote that song with them and that song is super, super special to me, to you. Can you tell us a little bit about that song? Yeah. Right after my brother passed away, I started to journal and I am like a big planner and a big, like look ahead person. And I wanted to prove to myself that God is going to bring me through tragedy. Um, in the very beginning, just being completely vulnerable. I just did not want to continue on with life. And I just wanted to be with Jacob in heaven and Jesus and be out of this pain. It was like the deepest pain I've ever felt in my life. And so I would use journaling as a tool to like, just write down about the day, obviously get all that out on paper. But then at the end of each day, I would write down that God brought me through another day. And it was really just a way of showing myself like in six months from now, and they're going to look back and realize that God truly is going to bring you through this and you will be able to get through this. And so, um, I ended up, obviously the Lord brought me through all of that. And then in 2020, as I was starting to write, like at the beginning of 2020, when COVID hit, I remember going back through all of those journals over those years. And I discovered that I never referred to God as any other name other than my Jesus. So for about two and a half years, it was like, thank you, my Jesus for another day, or thank you, God, you know, blah, blah, blah. It was always like my Jesus. And, um, I, I never had really like thought about that or never specifically when I would write my Jesus, I didn't think anything of it. So I went into a write in the fall of 2020 with that song title. And, um, I just had that idea, you know, to whatever, to the songwriters. Well, Matthew West comes in. I barely knew him. I'd only met him one other time and he had the exact same song title and stop it right now. Yes. He did not know my story. He did not know anything about like my brother or anything. He had no clue. And so I come in and I'm like, Hey, I have this song title. And he's like, and I literally have the same song title. He had been texting with the other writer, Jeff, all morning about this song title comes in and we write my Jesus. And then obviously the Lord does massive things. That just gave me chills. And oh, cool. It's so amazing. And it also just speaks to the fact that the Lord had such big plans from that song from day one before we Mm -hmm. realized it. So my Jesus is, is really special to me because of that, but it's just also just like my story with my brother and how the Lord really has changed my life through the loss of Jacob and how Mm -hmm. he do that for everyone else as well. Mm. When you do, when you're on tour and you, um, do your set, do you talk about Jacob and talk about grief in your sets? Every single night. And it's, it gets hard sometimes. Like there's the other night I was singing, um, a no place like home, which is a song about me and my brother and our memories at our farm together. And I was this close to just 
crying my eyes out. It's like a, I have to hold it in every night, but I, I share about grief. I share about just how hard like this life is and how we can find our hope in Jesus. So it's really special to be able to share him on the stage every night. One of the things I've heard people who have interviewed on the show talk when they talk about grief is they have described it often as you're, you're standing in the ocean and your back is to the ocean and you know, a wave's coming. You just don't know when it's coming. Mm-hmm. And like, you just kind of are bracing for the next wave. And sometimes they're like really close together and sometimes they're far apart. And so you're almost five years on the other side of that tragedy. What is talk managing your grief look like today? Because the chances are people listening there's going to be people listening at all different stages of grief, you know, a new set of grief that just hit them a new wave. Or some people are like you, they're five years out. And, and they're also like people who are listening, who are, this conversation is going to come back to their mind in a year or two when they're slammed with grief for the first time. Mm-hmm. So how has that journey of yours with grief kind of transformed over five years? Um, and what does it look like today? Honestly, grief is the weirdest thing. And that's such an accurate description about the waves coming. It's like, it's so you cannot predict grief and you have no way of knowing when it's going to come and go. Um, For me, I feel like over the past five years of my life, I've changed so much in five years just as a person, but in the way that I grieve and the process of it. Um, And I think for me, almost being five years in, I would say like, taking one day at a time has been my main priority. Um, just letting whatever's going to come that day come and whatever feelings are going to come. Like I haven't, I haven't really had, you know, like a full breakdown in a really long time, but like yesterday I was just randomly scrolling through my phone and saw a picture of him and you know, it like, it hit me again. And like the reality came back. So I think for me, the way that I really deal with it is just, I just take one day at a time. And when that wave comes of grief and sometimes it's really strong and sometimes it's like unbearable, I just Mm -hmm. let it happen. And I process it and I talk to God about it and I just allow myself to feel that. Um, and then there's sometimes where it's like, I'm in the middle of a show on stage and that comes and I have to, I have to like stop it so that I can be the best for all these people and be able to give them Jesus the best I can. So I think it's grief is just really hard to get through. But I think for me now being this far into it, I'm definitely able to say like, I would encourage people to just take one day at a time and to not be hard on yourself about it. I feel like a lot of my family and friends were kind of like, Oh, well, we, we can't grieve. Like we, we got to hold it in. We got to bottle it in. And I did that for so long that it was so unhealthy and I wouldn't allow myself to grieve. And I would want to be strong for people. But I think the best thing you can do is just to allow yourself to grieve and to allow yourself to process all of the things that you're going to face and the way, the way that it's going to come in. Um, but that is so true about the waves because it's, you can't, you don't know when they're coming. Um, you have no idea how strong they're going to be and how much they're going to affect you. And so it's just a part of, um, just taking day by day and just giving it to God. Mm. You know, a lot of times when we hear stories of people's lives, which that's what this whole show is, is like, I love stories and you have a story and it's, it's amazing. And I have a story and everyone listening has a story. I say it all the time, but a lot of times we hear people's stories. And although I have never walked through the tragedy that you and your family have walked to of losing a brother tragically, um, I have experienced a lot of grief. And so there is this healing that takes place when we hear people's stories and we hear people talk about their journeys with their grief and their faith and, and their Je- and my Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, what has it been like for you to be on the receiving end of hearing? I would imagine younger girls or just anyone saying like, 
you've helped me walk through something really hard. It's the most humbling thing in the world. It makes me just so honored that God would choose me for this position in this time. Um, It's been so special, but honestly, for me, my, some of my favorite stories have been the ones that are older, like older moms or dads that have lost their, their children Mm. years and years ago. But, and, and they like, they resented God. They hated God. They wanted nothing to do with him. And they hear this song, my Jesus. And they immediately like let go of their anger towards God and step into a relationship with him and become healed of their grief and their anger. And so I think those are the stories that it, they're just so, it's just so amazing to think that my story is helping other people get through grief mm. and get through loss. Um, and my Jesus has just affected people in so many different ways. Uh, even if it's not about loss, there's people that have come to me saying that they were addicted to different things and they like checked themselves into rehab when they heard my Jesus and wow. let go of their past to step into a relationship with Jesus. And um, so there's so many things, but it's, it's really touching for me to hear those stories. Um, and again, just to look at it from the perspective that God had a plan in, in, you know, this loss. And I feel like, um, used it for good and is using it for good. And I'm able to see that every night at shows when people are weeping, when we're singing my Jesus, it's like, God is using these songs. Mm. So, so special. That's so amazing. And you're like wise and mature beyond your years. You're not just 20. This cannot (laughs) be true. Um, okay. So let's talk about tour life. You are like on tours and doing this Tell me the things. Tell me, is it what you expected? What's the best? What's the worst? What are you like? Ah, this is not fun. And everyone thinks this is fun, but this part is actually really hard. Tell me about the things. Oh, tour life is so fun. I really love it. Um, By May 1st, we will have played 62 shows from January 22nd to May 1st. So just a really long start of the year. We've still got like, I think we've got like 80 shows left for the rest of the year. So we got a lot of shows. Um, basically 2022 is my touring year that I'm gone all the time. So it's been really fun. There's definitely challenges. I mean, obviously I feel like the obvious one is not being at home and not being in your own bed and sleeping on a tour bus that like, it's literally like a coffin. It's very, very small. Your bed is half the size of a twin size mattress and it's a curtain you pull and it's just, it's not the best, but it is like, it is so fun being with your friends and like being on the road and making all these memories. And it's definitely a, an honor because it's a very few people get to experience this type of lifestyle. Um, and I also look at it from the perspective of COVID happening and just being like everything shut down and just so grateful that we're able to be back on the road. Um, I didn't expect it to be so like, I didn't expect people to get so close on the road. Like I remember when I would go to Christian concerts my whole life and I would see all these, like I just, you don't realize the connections that you make when you're on tour with people. And these people you're literally like technically living with on a bus, wake up in the morning and they're the first people you see. And when you go to bed at night, they're the last person you see. And so you really bond with people on the road. And it's a really special bond that you can't really get anywhere else. And they get to see the like highs and the lows. Everyone sees everyone's like, I'm in a good mood. Oh, I'm in a bad mood. And I don't even know why, but I am. Absolutely. There's been nights where like one of us will be crying over just something going on in our personal life back at home. And then all the other people are just encouraging, you know, it's like you become these really close friends and family and it's very special. Um, but it's really fun. It's, it's hard, it's hard work, but I really enjoy getting to see new cities every day and getting to explore, um, and just being able to like wake up in a different place every day is really fun. And 
um, I'm very grateful to be able to be on the road. So it's one of my favorite parts of being an artist. I would say like recording and produce like the production part of songs and then touring are like my favorite things to do. Yeah. Are you, uh, so people, if they want to go hear you this year, cause it's like a big tour year, where can they get all the information? Anwilsonofficial.com. And that's Ann with an E guys. Yes. 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 You have to, you're going to have to say that for the rest of your life. I know. It's so funny. People will comment on my Instagram post and just put A N N, but like right above it, it's, you can, it's like, <laughs> I have said, uh, my last name is Ivy. And so I have said I V E Y for the past, however long I've been married, 21 years. Oh. Every time I say my name, <laughs> Ivy, I V E Y. Cause you got to have that E in there or you will not find me. Yeah. Um, uh, do you know your schedule? Like, are you coming to anywhere close to Austin this year? I'm um, sure you're going to be in Texas. Yes, actually, I was just in Austin a few days ago, but I will be in Austin in June for the Crowder tour with We the Kingdom. Oh, fun. Uh, Super excited about that. It's an amphitheater tour, so it'll all be outside. Oh, that's so great. Well, I live in Austin, and so I'm very much biased that this is the best Texas city that you could possibly come tour <laughs> in. And so after you've seen them all, I would like to get your opinion, and I'm pretty you know. confident it's going to be the same. I'm pretty confident it's going to be the same. And I would love to ask you, what are you loving? What are you reading these days? Oh, it's so good. I just, fin- well, I'm almost finished with a book called Anonymous. I was gifted um, by the Joy FM in Florida gave me this book. And um, it has been the most incredible book for just this season of my life. And it talks about um, all of Jesus's hidden years before, you know, we mm. don't really have that many years of him recorded in the Bible until he was in his thirties. So it's been a really encouraging book for me because I feel like, you know, all of us go through these seasons of like, where we feel lonely and we feel like nothing's happening in our lives. And, mm. um, but those are actually the most beneficial seasons. And those are the best seasons for us to grow and become who we're supposed to be. And so this book has been like incredibly encouraging for me. And, um, it's just been a really good, solid book. Um, but I love one of my favorite books of all time is C.S. Lewis screw tape letters. Have you ever read that book? I have so good. And it's just so like fulfilling for me. And it just, it just does so much for me. So I'm always going back to that book. And then I want to read that book by Levi Lesko. Oh, you have to, I mean, it is like this big I'm showing her. It's, it's a lot of pages, yeah. but, um, you should listen to him on my show, the happy hour too, because it was really, really a phenomenal interview because Levi is amazing. And the way he talks about space and the moon makes me want to be an astronaut. I mean, like <laughs> I literally want to drive to NASA and sign up to go or with Elon Musk. I don't know. Whoever's going, oh, yes. um, which is actually really, really true. I mean, Levi makes me think that way, but um, actually going to space actually kind of scares me. It is a little bit of a scary thought. Definitely. Yeah. Like, you know how the, we, recently we've seen people who haven't gone like all the way to space, but they've gone pretty far, you know, like not civilians, but stars or whatever. Yeah. Would you do that? You would just get in anyone's little old spaceship and head up, head up north? Absolutely. I would go to space 100%. I don't know if you saw, but there was this thing with um SpaceX called Inspiration 4 they sent mm-hmm. four civilians to space I was crying I was watching it like for the three days they were up there I mean I was watching every second of it and I'm like I wish I had been picked for this so badly I would I I don't know that you could pay me enough money to do that Anne. I would be so scared and it is definitely a scary thought but I think when you I think the perspective of just knowing that like 
we live in this tiny ball in a massive universe. To me, that's exciting. So see, when you say that and Levi says that, then I'm like, well, I want to go. I want to experience that. <laughs> it is exciting. They're right. Um, what are you loving these days? Anything that is like a must have on your on your bus that you're loving? I mean, please tell me you have an eye mask and some some oh, earplugs. I've got my I've got my eye mask. It's got like lavender essential oil in it and it's fuzzy Ooh. and pink. It's so cute. Um, I've got my, I sleep with an eye mask every night, Anne. Oh, really? Uh-huh. And I don't live on a tour bus. Yeah. Amazing. I love that. Uh-huh. I love eye masks. Eye masks are so important to get a good yeah. rest. Um, yeah. earplugs I've got, I'm a huge coffee person and my coffee okay. has to be like the way that I like it every okay. single day. Um, I'm a huge Dunkin' Donuts coffee person. Um, Dunkin' Donuts is my favorite coffee ever. Is it? It's so good. I do not like Starbucks. Like you will not find <laughs> me getting Starbucks coffee. Um, Okay. So I get, I make a Dunkin' coffee every morning with vanilla almond milk creamer. And that is like, I have to have it and with honey in it. And it's just like, it's just what I do every single morning. It's my favorite. I love um, it. I love so, it. So good. Um, do you guys, do you have Dunkin's right in your area? Yeah. Uh, really close to me. So, yeah. Um, I've just been loving like warm weather recently and getting back into springtime. I'm a huge like summer and springtime person. And I love warm weather. So just being able to like go outside and flip-flops has been like a gift for my yeah. heart. Uh, it's so good. It's so good. Okay. Random question about tour. Do you eat dinner after you finish? No, I eat before. Okay. This is always my dilemma with um, traveling and speaking is I don't want to eat before because I feel like I don't know what's going to happen. Like what if I'm burping on stage or whatever? Yes. So I end up eating after. And then when I eat after, all I want is like literally, this is what I want. I want the grossest thing you could possibly imagine. I want a burger with cheese and bacon and maybe a beer. Like I just want like <laughs> throw all the yes. nasty bar food at me and that's what I want. But that lifestyle is not sustainable no. to be doing that. So, okay. So you eat before. I eat before because most of the time I go on stage at like 730-ish. Um, so if I eat right at five o'clock, it gives me. There you go. To, but if, and if I don't eat, I'm very shaky and I can't perform. Like I have no energy to give. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, you're eating every night at like 11 and that's not a, a healthy lifestyle. Yes. But I do eat post-show food as well. I, Thank you for sharing yes. that with us. So we don't think that you're just eating. You're like intermittent fasting no, on the road. I, and, I, yeah. I eat the wings, the pizza after the show, and it's so good. I love it. I love it. Well, and I'm so grateful for you spending a little bit of time with us today. And you guys, her album uh, just dropped. My Jesus, go get it. Um, you can start with My Jesus. I've only heard, I guess I've heard four songs so far. How many, by the time, when we're recording this right now, how many are out? Four? There's probably like six or seven out by now. Something like that. We have a live album that came out, so it's a little confusing. You're right. There's there's yes. six or seven. Yeah. Hey Girl's my favorite. I'm just going to let you know right now that Hey Girl is my favorite. Oh, thank you so much. I love Hey Girl. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And thank you for joining us today on Thanks the Happy Hour. Thank you for having me. It's so good to talk to you. You guys, Anne was a joy to have on the show. And if you want to find out where she's playing, go to annwilsonofficial.com. That's Anne with an E, annwilsonofficial.com. Um, based on her album, she's going to put on a really great show. And we have a great uh, little gift for you right now. My Jesus. He makes a way where there ain't no way.
Thank you so much for listening to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to give you, and every opportunity we get to point all of us to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is the number one way that people find out about our show. It's because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that will make us think, they'll make us laugh, and they'll always point us back to Jesus. And come find me other places on the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm over there at Jamie Ivy. And if you've never visited my YouTube page, you're going to want to go there. Have you ever listened to a show and wondered, I wonder what they look like? Well, go find us over there. It's jamieivy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour is produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Show notes are written by Abigail Castell. Graphics are by Amaya Savoy Easton. The show is edited by Angie Elkins. And I'm your host every week, Jamie Ivy. And goodness gracious, I love being here with you guys. Until next time, have a happy hour with a friend.